Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. If I can make a living from walking in the woods, you can bet I'd be sitting pretty good high on a hill. If you're watching on uh, Facebook Live, that was probably humorous as I pulled the mic down to bring the show on, and the mic just left me. Well, you want me to go ahead and take over while you work with the microphone here? I'd like to say good morning to everybody. Appreciate you listening in to Tony Sanders Outdoors this Saturday morning. We got a great show for you. We got all kinds of news, all kinds of things happening today. Lots of stuff. I'm going to start off on a positive note. Okay. We had no deaths in Tennessee Memorial Day weekend. That is very on the water. That on is water. very positive. That's the fifth year in a row. Yay. Um, we did make uh, 21 BUI arrests, and um. Which is twenty-one too many, mm-hmm. you know. We do we do a good job designating a driver. Why don't you do that on a boat? You just don't let somebody drive your boat. Very good question. And some people may not feel confident in driving a boat. I mean, you got you know friends out there who may or may not have been boating, and they may not feel confident. But that's no that's no excuse to you know be over the limit out there boating because I mean, you know, you got waves and currents and sun sun and water and all that other stuff and you know that i mean call me strange i've had my teeth rattled a few times in a boat just hitting you know some wakes so you know it's not like driving a car so people need to be careful out there i mean you know sure have one or two enjoy yourself be out in the water and that's fine great wonderful have a good time just not more than that well and a lot of people don't realize that Boating under the influence carries the same penalty as DUI. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be not good. No, not at all. It's uh, been a day or two since I got a, a DUI. <laughs> I don't know what they cost. Me. Folks, I've never gotten one. So, uh, But anyway, so yeah, I was so glad to hear that we didn't have any deaths. No boating injuries whatsoever on that. Uh, Labor Day weekend, which is, or Labor Day, sorry, Memorial Day. It's not Labor Day yet. Uh, you know, that's one of the calls I hate getting as a commissioner is we got a body in the water, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're looking for one. Uh, we do, a, our, our guys do a great job of uh, assisting and helping and um, to try to find people and We've got a couple of remote-controlled submarines that actually do a great job searching. Uh, but, man, it's just one of those things you hate. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that may be something that some people may not realize. That's part of TWA's duties is to assist in that matter. Rescues, um, body recoveries. Only if it's boating-related. Hmm. Boating accident-related. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't. But it's not our, our, our deal is it's boating related. Right. Accident. 
we had we had a situation come up a couple of weeks ago where there was a suspected person in the water, and uh, and it's like it's it's really it's it's not our world because it was not a suspected boating accident or something like that. So right. Again, we do a lot of investigation. Now, one of the things that is kind of interesting is we are responsible for security on the water. So when president comes to somewhere in the state, we're the guys on the water making sure that uh, there's been no bombs placed or whatever can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. They're patrolling and blocking off and investigating and doing all that. So not really inside the world of wildlife management. Yeah. And plus, then then there's the whole, you know, making sure everybody's safe at Riverbend this weekend, and I haven't heard any uh, events out there, so everybody who was anchored up, you know, got anchored properly, and, you know, everybody was wearing their life jackets. I'm sure TWRA was out there ensuring everybody's safety. Oh, there's no doubt. So uh, There's no doubt. The um, And, and go, going to Riverbend and watching people try to anchor their boats has always been one of the the most enjoyable Enjoyable things I do. <laughs> how so, may I ask? I know how, but go ahead. Some people shouldn't be driving a boat. Well, I was. I saw a lot of stuff on Facebook about uh, people who were going to just go down to the boat ramp with their cell phones and, you know, make $10,000 on America's Funniest Home Videos just by filming somebody who hadn't boated in a whole year and were trying to back down the ramp, a three-lane ramp. They go, you know, across all three lanes jackknife it trying to get the boat into the water because you know they only do this like once or twice a year so it is uh it's fun the the sad part is though it's dangerous it is you know being it on the water be. and, and not being good but you know people don't understand when you're anchoring a boat in current it's slightly different than when you're anchoring a boat in the back of a slough so you can swim around with your friends and and there is current. It may not be significant, uh, but there is current. Yes. And uh, and so it, it always I always find it kind of humorous. Uh, now, when I went out with TWRA at Riverbend two years ago, I guess um, that was pretty fun to watch. The second thing, uh, which was got a lot of people warnings. They were very nice. They didn't issue any tickets. They issued warnings. Is kids under 12, 12 or under, must have on a life jacket uh-huh. if the boat is underway. Now, underway means adrift. And, uh, and people don't quite understand that. Well, the main motor's not running. Are you moving? Yes. Then the kid needs to wear a life jacket. It's not real hard. Any questions? If the boat's moving, put a life jacket on them. And we've seen that. I mean, you and I were out fishing that one day, and we saw a huge cabin cruiser with like four or five kids running around. Not not a one of them had a life jacket on. And and I, I understand. I've got an eight-year-old grandson. He whines like a little girl about the life jacket being hot. And it's like, do you want to go home or do you want to stay out here? Home, stay out here. Then leave the life jacket on. If you want to go home, we'll go home. You can take your life jacket off. Mm-hmm. When we get home, we'll make you wear it in the car on the way home. <laughs> so, 
Well, I mean, the law's the law, and the law's there for a good reason. I it mean, is. You know, if you're moving, the boat can hit a snag. Um, heaven knows guys who've been out on the front deck of their boat fishing, you know, that trolling motor's down and it hits a log. The boat stops, but your forward momentum keeps going, and you go head over teacups right off the bow. Now, if that's a 10-year-old or anybody below that, they may or may not be able to take care of themselves, and an easy way to take care of them is put on a life jacket. They'll pop right back up. Well, not only that, they may... You may not know they've gone over. Exactly. I mean, um, one of the boats that they gave a warning to was probably a good 30-footer, mm-hmm. and the kids were up on the front, and there was no way from the the uh, um, wheelhouse he could actually see all edges of the boat from the front. He was coming. Kid slides overboard, you never know it. Yep. So we don't want anybody getting hurt. Well, fortunately, this Memorial Day, nobody did. So that's a that is a good that's good a way win. to start the show. It's a big win. Big win. Started off positive. All right. Now you've been doing some fishing. I have. I have. Been doing a little. Uh, you do realize I fish, right? Yes, I do. Okay. All right. I've uh, been doing a little creek. You know why I asked that, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Doing a little creek fishing here and there. Um, one night, a uh, couple of nights this week, went out. Um, Went out with Beaver Man one night, and we had a good time. I caught uh, rock bass, uh, a short crappie, a whole bunch of bluegill, a couple of red breasts, and then I cast my flyover, and I hooked something big on the three-weight. And he decided he did not want to be a part of this situation that he was currently hooked up to and started running, and my drag on my reel was screaming, and there was no turning this fish. He got into a log jam and popped, you know, got in there and my my tippet line broke. Well, when I reeled it up, it it was big. It was way too big for a three weight because once I felt the weight, I thought uh, this is not a good situation. But anyway, once I reeled up the uh, fly line and, and was going to tie on another fly, felt down to the end of my tippet and my tippet was real slimy. And having fished with Richard and Sam and, and several other people for catfish. It was, a, I'm 99% sure it was a, probably a channel cat that hit my fly and decided to uh, take off running. It was pretty good size, too. So your little three-weight wouldn't turn it, huh? Could not turn it. I, I was definitely undergunned for that situation. Uh, the rule of thumb is he who lives by the three-weight dies by the three-weight. But um, the three-weight's perfect for the fish I was catching. I just wasn't expecting to catch something that so, big. So what, um, what? Size fish could you realistically control with a three weight? Well, theoretically, you could. I theoretically, I probably could have gotten that fish in if there was no, if it was, if there was no snags. And this river we were fishing has lots of down trees and snags and stuff like that. In a trout stream without, um, without any obstacles per se, I could. Pro- I've landed. I've landed uh, 22-inch fish on a one-weight. Um, I've landed 24-inch fish on a three-weight before. So, so what I, was a 24-inch fish weigh? Uh, it was pushing four, four and a half, maybe five pounds okay. of trout. And um, I've caught those on the uh, White River in Arkansas. I've brought my three-weight out to Arkansas. And, you know, I was fishing for brookies, but, you know, every now and again you get a big bruiser that cruises by. And um, 
you can land big fish on small rods. It's possible. It was just that this particular creek has so many down trees. Sure. And, um, I mean, a, a tip is not going to be a, uh, a deterrent to a five-pound catfish and a bunch of logs. No, no. Or brush or whatever. Yeah, no, it was it was logs and brush, and he went to a wood pile that, you know, was like the where a tree fall, fell over and the root ball was still there. He got in there and, yeah, no, it, I was not about to do what uh, our good friend Senator Mike Bell does. I was not about to reel up, try and stay tight, and, you know, reach down into this root ball and find out what I had. So I'm not going Could have been a snapping turtle. Could have been. I doubt it, but <laughs> I don't know if they have slime or not. I don't think they have slime. I'm pretty sure they don't have slime, but. Um, well, slime might not have been from your fish. Yeah, true. Could have been from a fish they ran across. Could have been, could have been, but I uh, did a little more fishing. I was supposed to go out fishing with a friend of mine, but his uh, truck wouldn't start, and so I went by myself one morning for about an hour and um, ran down to, uh, I'll tell you where I fished, and I'll tell you the spot. I will, I'm one of the few people on the radio that will tell you where I fished, what I was using, and where I caught it. All right. Is that because you didn't catch any fish? No, I caught fish there. Okay. I ran, I went, just making sure. No, I, I will not send people to a dry hole. Have I ever brought you to a dry hole? You don't take me fishing. I've I've taken you fishing a couple of times. Granted, but wait a minute. Okay, go. You've taken me fishing. Yeah, I took you on the elk. I showed you where to fish and how to fish on the on. <laughs> so we went to the elk, and you took me out on your boat, and I showed you where we needed to fish, and we caught fish. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. So, uh, I will tell you where I was fishing. Okay. Ran to the Greenway Farms. All right, so we're at Greenway. We're at the Greenway Farms. Mm-hmm. Ran down to the river right down there and hopped on a few rocks and made a few casts with a small... Well, you said the river. You're talking about the creek? Yeah, North Chickamauga Creek. Sorry, North Chickamauga Creek. So, all right, so you walked down to the creek. Mm-hmm. All right. Made a few casts, caught a couple of red breasts, caught a couple of uh, bluegill, and then it kind of just died off, and I was just half-heartedly fishing. And a very nice lady came down and was watching me cast, and she had her dog, and she said, how deep is it here? And I said, well, right here is probably about six-foot ballpark, you know, six, maybe seven. It was kind of low. She said, well, I'm looking for a place for my dog to swim. And I said, hmm. I happen to, I said, I happen to know the area somewhat well. I said, there's a great uh, place that's easy wading. I said, you need to go to Chester Frost State Park. You need to go past this. And I, and I said, there's some little pavilions out there i said real easy swimming for your dog she goes oh that's great i'd like to keep him in a river though i said what you need to do is drive out to soddy daisy you need to go out there's a little greenway park there's a parking lot over by ivy academy you need to run over there well i'd like it a little bit closer to home what you need to do is head on over i said what you need to do is go upstream go to the earth fair there's a parking lot across from the earth fair there's a well-maintained trail walk your dog down there she goes well i really appreciate you telling me all this you know me and Fluffy or Killer or whatever the dog's name was, his little Shih Tzu. Um, you know, it looked to be like like fifteen. I mean, that dog was it, it was it was old, but it was it was a cute little dog. She says, "Oh, the arthritis—they just love to swim, and it's good exercise." I'm gonna go try that secondary spot you told me about. I said, "Well, have at it." She goes, "How do you know so much?" I said, "Well, I do a lot of fishing, and I do an outdoor radio show, and you ought to listen in." <laughs> well, if she's listening with Fluffy, thank you. Killer. <laughs> Killer, whatever the dog's name was. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back.
was a sweet persimmon. Big around as a Florida lemon was a white tail. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend, Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you here this morning. Let's wrap up the turkey season. You want to? Sure. Sounds like a great plan to me. We've been, uh, turkey's been a, a pretty big topic, believe it or not, at PWRA. Uh, that along with CWD. Well, we can talk about a little bit of both of those. Um, turkey season ended up 31,193, 11% increase over last year. Now, you got a lot of people that are, and, and I had a very good conversation. Uh, this week with Tim Yates, who is the regional director of uh, NWTF. Now we had we had the guys in here talking about the slams. Mm-hmm. He is four birds from the Super Slam. Super Slam is one bird in each state. Think about that. Well, well, wait, back up. One bird in each state. In each state. He's four. He's four states away. Wow, that's a lot of hunting. At least 46 hunts right there. I mean, think about that. That's amazing. Now, the World Slam's cool. I get it. But that's really kind of cool, too, when you think about, you know, I, I, when I was 18, 19 years old, uh, my mom gave me this great gift, and I still have it to this day. It's in my office. Uh, it is a crochet, not crochet, a um, cross-stitch mm-hmm. map of the United States. And it's got a backer on there for pins. So I've gone through and put pins wherever I've been in the United States. Yeah. And I don't mean just I passed through there. I actually had to stay there and do something. And it's kind of cool to look at it and see where all I've been and where all I need to go. And um, now I've been in 48, no, 40, I've not been in Hawaii. And... One of the little dink states up north. 
I think there's eight states I have not been to. Same. And I'm not and I'm with you. I'm not talking I don't count Illinois because I flew into O'Hare. No, I actually went to Illinois mm-hmm. for a conference, stayed there and did right. stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not talking past through. I think there's eight. Mine is basically the Pacific Northwest. I have not been to Washington, Oregon, or I'm sorry, forty seven. I've not been to Hawaii, uh, a dink state up north, and I don't know why. I've been all over up north. I just missed the one state. Um, <laughs> New Hampshire, I think, is the one I missed. Hmm. Uh, and then um, uh, whatever the northwest corner. Is that Washington? Washington, Oregon, uh, Idaho. Which one's in the very corner? Washington? Washington state. Okay. I've, I haven't been there yet. I haven't either. I've been out of who, and I, you know, I've hunted. I've hunted in a lot of them too, mm-hmm. but uh, and this isn't just hunting. But anyway, so anyway, I digressed a long way there. Yeah. But anyway, so Tim's done this, but we got we had a good conversation, and and there is no doubt that there is something happening to the turkeys. I think everybody will agree that the that there is a a reduction in birds in places. But when your harvest goes up 11%, it's kind of hard for us to go back and say, well, we're overhunting them or whatever. I don't know that we are. All right, so, but a couple of things that, uh, that there, you, have, you have predator issues. You have, and, and, and this is, has validity as much as anything that I've, been told uh, in, in, in talking to people and, and I've had people in several different positions give me this, this information. Our biologists have said this. Uh, biologists from NWTF have said this. Hunters have said this. The wet season springs that we've had the last two years will have a significant impact on your hatches. Significant. I've heard that, and using that logic, I would concur. Uh, one person said that if you have a wet harvest, I mean a wet a wet uh, season, and, and, and let's, let's put this in perspective. Last spring, 2018, was the wettest spring in a hundred years in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and it was, everywhere got rain, and it was wet this spring too. It was, but I have heard that as you will lose as much as fifty percent of your birds in that oh. kind of, uh, they'll drown the mother, the the nest, the flood, the the hen will abandon them. Uh, there's a lot of things, but whether that's the case or not, we don't know for sure. So we've had a couple of wet springs. I mean, you even had the you even had the flooding in West Tennessee. Mm-hmm. This where the Mississippi River. We actually shut down hunting for a part of the the season, mm-hmm. and it was still up. So w- everybody is aware of it. Everybody's going after it. Uh, the other argument that I find a lot of validity in is uh, we've reached a carrying capacity. Now I'm not talking to. Rob Pertula and Tony Sanders that's hunted and killed one or two birds in their lives. I'm talking to lifetime turkey hunters. Right. I'm talking to biologists that their whole focus in life is, you know, avian and turkeys. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, so there's, I'm talking to people that have what I think, you know, they've got some chops. They know what they're talking about. And, um, and, and nobody knows for sure. Everybody says the same thing. It is definitely down. The, the, the numbers are down, but the harvest is up and we don't really know the reason. And we're doing a research with the university of Tennessee. We spent a million and a half dollars, five year project. And we're in year four of that trying to, you know, kind of understand what's going on. Uh, but the good news is this, the season's up. Now, the conspiracy side of all this, is, which I really find very humorous, is that the um, we were reporting lower harvest numbers for turkey throughout the season. There was a glitch in the information that we were getting from our uh, vendor, who provides us with our harvest data and what they were providing was not correct. And, and I, and I, I'm going to take a little credit. I don't, I don't toot my own horn much. I asked the question, how can I, I went online to actually write a rebuttal to an email I got and I pulled up the numbers. And, well, let me back up. I kept seeing all these comments really negative comments about the harvest being way down. And I'm like, those numbers are not even close because I was getting my numbers somewhere else from TWRA, not from the website. I was getting direct emails from the licensing division that handles the harvests. And and we were during Turkey season, we get weekly updates on where the harvest is and everything. (laughs) So I was getting these updates and I'm like, but, that's not right. What what are these people saying? So I went out online, and sure enough, the numbers were wrong. They they it was difficult to get to a number, and then that number was wrong, and uh, and so they they fixed that, and of course it jumped up from twenty two thousand to thirty one, and everybody's ah bull, they're lying, they're lying, lying. <laughs> so now 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 it's a big conspiracy. Now it's a conspiracy. Absolutely, gotcha. it is. It's funny. Y'all were warehousing turkey somewhere, uh, and turned them loose in a park, and yeah. How can you make that kind of mistake? Well, it's not real hard with computers. No, not at all. So, and again, I didn't go out and pull the turkey numbers because I didn't need to. Right. And, you know, if I had gone out and pulled turkey numbers and saw it was 18,000 birds with a week left in the season, I'd have been saying, what's going on? We're, we're in trouble. Yeah. So I'm not saying we're not in trouble. I'm just saying um, we're not quite sure what it is yet. Well, at least we're working with the other agencies like UT and I'm w- better data, good harvest reports. We'll get some really good data out of this if we if we get correct numbers. Yeah, so. yeah. And we had correct numbers, just not on the website. So. All right, we'll be right back. Tony Center's Outdoors. To be part of the show, give us a call two six seven one zero two three two six seven one zero two three. Campfires are burning. We're gathered round in chairs. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. 
www.tonysandersoutdoors.com. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Well, my baby, she's been watching all my Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning. Beautiful Saturday morning. Nice and chipper out there, 63 degrees. Really cool. Hey, you you, you, you just did the Sportsman's commercial. So after you had such great success with that uh, Lost Creek cooler, Mm -hmm. I went there looking at coolers. Okay. Specifically Lost Creek. Um, I was looking for a car cooler. Okay. Um, And so I'm wanting just a small one that I can ice down some waters and they'll stay watered in the car cold and blah, blah, blah. And so I started looking at that Lost Creek after you had such a tremendous result. $99. The comparable other brands are, um, what was it? $299. Yeah. Or one ninety nine. What's one ninety nine? Um, yeah, I'm like, wow. And so I think that's what I'm gonna do. Cool. I I I I got nothing but good comments. I I literally put ice in on Tuesday and had ice still on Sunday, and it was in direct sunlight. It good product, good product, very good product. So I'm I was I'm, I'm kind of excited. Um, of course, we had uh, I just had my birthday like you. And um, and we're at, so we're actually celebrating it today. Oh, okay. And then, of course, you got Father's Day. So after those two days, then I know I'm I'm free to go buy what I want. Gotcha. So, I'm with you. Yeah, you got to wait until yeah, you see what you get. Yeah, get through all that. Yeah. So And I'm getting ready to do that. Well, hopefully you'll get a Sportsman's Warehouse gift card for Father's Day or at least birthday. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna get a cooler. <laughs> Whether I get it uh, doesn't matter. Hey, don't forget tonight is the um, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation banquet. Uh, again, Sportsman's Warehouse is handling all of the, the logistics from the guns and everything else, as well as making a big donation for the banquet, as they always do. It's at the Alhambra Shrine uh, facility over there in East Brainerd. Um, I don't know the exact address, but it's real simple. Uh, go to East Brainerd Road off of uh, 75. Uh, go... Uh, North, yes, go north, uh, and go to. There's a big school there, which is CS something, one of the arts. Yes, yeah, the Chattanooga School of Arts and arts. Sciences or Arts or whatever. Uh, take a left right there and uh, go up, and I believe it's the like the second left up there. You'll see a sign, Alhambra Shrine sign. You can't miss it, and just go in there. Great facility, a uh, lot of parking, which is is a big thing. Having enough parking is awesome, and uh, you don't have that in a lot of places. So, anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun night. It will be. So, uh, get out there, help them. Doors open at five o'clock. You're going. 
I I should be going. I got to pick up my wife this evening. I've been a bachelor the whole week, so yeah. How's that going? Uh, real well. I I I didn't. I had to figure out how to work the can opener, and um, <laughs> I starved for the first four days because there was no one there to cook for me. So um, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I know your wife. Uh huh. She doesn't cook. No. You cook. I do. So I just threw her under the bus there for just I, a second, okay. but all right. No, I cooked a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, that but she won't eat. Exactly. No, that is exactly what I did. Uh, first night she was gone, I had uh, Spam, onions, and potatoes. All right. I love fried Spam. She hates it. Uh, second night, I made beef stroganoff from scratch. Um, she hates that. Uh, I made red beans and rice with real andouille sausage. She won't eat that. And I, I made the red beans and rice from scratch, too. Soaked the beans in the whole nine yards and... Uh, <laughs> I only ate out like once this week, and that was only because I had a lunch meeting. So, no, I've been I've been cooking stuff that she won't eat all week, and been having a ball doing it. So, <laughs> now when she gets home, I get to cook her stuff that she likes. So, well, she's been eating seafood for a week at the beach. She yeah, should you know she should be able to fend for herself for a little while. Yeah, until that wears off, and I can get her to eat some more seafood. So, all right, what else we got happening here? Uh, well, um. Free fishing day is coming up next Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a great thing happening at Chester Frost Park, and that's fishing with a deputy. Uh, this is a really cool deal. Uh, a fishing rod will be provided to the first 250 youngsters. Uh, Buddy Gross, who is a professional angler and fisherman, will be there. Uh, you can learn. Uh, he's a FLW uh, pro, and uh, you can get to talk to him and, and, and get some some help from Buddy, which should be kind of fun. Uh, so it's, I, I think it's a cool deal. Uh, and I love the fact that the deputy is going to be out there meeting with, uh, meeting with the kids. Um, the CPD did something uh, a couple of months ago, uh, coloring with a, a policeman. Yeah, I saw that. And I thought that was a great idea. I do t- I th- you know, anytime you can get the, the kids out there and, and introduce them to uh, an officer in a situation where they need to understand that, you know, uh, officers can help them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And officers are people, too. They like Absolutely. to fish and color. Absolutely. Uh, and so the registration is going to begin at 8.30 in the morning. Fishing starts at 9 and goes to 1. Uh, and I think that's just really awesome. So fishing with a deputy at Chester Frost Park next Saturday, free fishing day. You will not have to have a license. Uh, so you can go out there and, and help your youngster, and, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be. And free fishing day is always great because you see a lot of families get out and maybe, pardon the pun, get hooked on fishing with their kids. So I hope so. Let's uh, talk to Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Tony. Yes. Yeah, you know that I got an uh, email uh, uh, fish, fish with a uh, deputy or something. I say, hey, I'm not, I'm not child. So I thought, hey, Rav, maybe Rav put my name. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure. I think it's, it's designed for kids, but I bet they won't turn anybody away. No, they won't. Mm. Yeah, if if he had said that the adult, they would have come and you know, kind of like, hey, it's a, I like fish. You know that in India we eat fish. Right. Right. Absolutely. 
So I don't know. I got invitation and then I delete. I say, oh, I'm not a child. Well, you could be a kid <laughs> at heart. I mean, and but now free fishing day is open to anybody. Yeah. So you, you don't have to have a license to fish next Saturday. And but uh, you know, I think I told you that uh, my son, my wife, caught so he used to go fish, but I never uh, been with him. Right. So he used to go with the club, you know. Okay. Well, so cool. anyway. Yeah, so now I know how I got the email. Yes. Did you did you put a Rave in my name? I I have I I did not give I don't ever give out anybody's uh e- anybody's email, but I do send them out a lot of times uh, okay. if it's a worthy cause. Well, that's all right. It's okay, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. now I know that he's uh, for uh, children, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully you can. So, hopefully you so go back and say hello. India. Do what? When are you going to India? Uh, I'm I'm working on that now. Sometime oh, between okay. October and February. Oh yeah, October is the best. Or February is the best. I'm going in uh, sometime February. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't I, got it worked out I, yet. I go to Calcutta side, you know, but right. Bihar. Right. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to going back. Okay. All right. Then. All right. Thanks. You. Bye. You know, he brought up something, though, from an outdoor perspective, or he made me think of something. He didn't bring it up. Uh, did you see the story about all the people that are uh, summiting Mount Everest in Nepal? Yes. Uh, th- did you see the line of people? It was like a queue at the DMV. That, that was crazy. I mean, nuts. I was waiting for. I was waiting to hear, ding, number 29, 29. You, you can now summit Everest. Ding, number 30. I mean, it was crazy. Uh and they had 11 people die, one a week, basically, mm-hmm. a little bit more than one a week. Uh, but I can see why people are dying up there. Well, here's my problem is they all get up close to the summit, and that's where it backs up. That is the area, well, the whole area, but that area specifically is called this thing. What is it called? Oh, yeah, the death zone. <laughs> you know why it's called the death zone? Because we're, de- yeah, we're not designed to be there. This is Your body starts breaking down in the death zone. It's called the death zone for a reason. Why don't we wait an hour to summit? Well, we got to stand in line to go up, take a few pictures, then come on down. We got forty-five people standing in the death zone. The uh, you know the, the thing they've got to do something. I'm sorry, you cannot have people standing in that in that kind of a queue. Uh-huh. Now, what it does allow, it would allow somebody like me, if uh, assuming I don't die in the death zone, to actually summit because you know the last thousand feet is going to be. Over a two-hour period, anybody can do that. Oh shoot, yeah. So, but but I do think it's I do think Nepal has got to get that under control. Uh, and and one of the, I saw an article or read a story about it. One of the things that's causing a problem is you got so many people that have just money to to burn, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They're flying into the base camp at the the third base camp, so their body is not acclimating. To the, the altitude. I mean, they're literally flying into the camp, the last camp before you summit. And so they're not getting adjusted. And if you've, you know, if you've been ever been out west, you know, you've it takes you a few days to adjust. Oh, yeah. So. And that's only, you know, what, 18,000 feet in some places? Yeah, not 26. I saw that. I just thought that. I thought it was made up. I thought that was a doctored picture. Nope. 
That was crazy. There's been a lot, um, and the thing I've seen is following a little bit. I did a little bit of research into that just because I was curious. A lot of people are foregoing Everest, and they're taking on these other mountains, uh, one of them being in the Himalayan uh, chain. I'm not sure where it is. I'll look it up in the break. It's, it's the second highest. It's called K2. But the problem is K2 is more technically challenging than Everest, and the routes are more extreme, and more people have died because of this secondary route. Right. Um, so they're getting a lot more deaths, but since they're not on Everest, you know, you don't hear about it as right. much. So you got people who saying, well, I'm not going to wait at Everest. I'm just going to do K2. They're still not prepared to go up there either. Right. So. You know, I know it's not a uh, hunting, fishing kind of world. It was outdoor news. Well, I know it was outdoor, but, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it, I just thought that was very fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not uh, summoning Everest anytime soon. Nor am I. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call. Two six seven one zero two three two six seven one zero two three. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the first hour today. Any lighthearted news? Yes, and there's one in here for you specifically, Tony. One in here for me, all right. Yes, I saw this one, and the first person I thought of was my good friend, Tony Sanders. All right, while you're getting that up, I'm going to hit the calendar. We got the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation tonight. Uh, fishing with a deputy next Saturday, and that's at Chester Cross Park. Then you have... Um, Friends of the NRA. Friends of the NRA, yeah. Oh, wow. Coming up on the 20th of July. So that's uh, about six weeks away. So I uh, want to get you out to that. It's going to be at the Westin. It's going to be a great time, as always. And then uh, what do we got coming up? Uh, the uh, Benton Sporting Clays. Yeah, the, the shooting for the Medal of Honor Heritage Center at uh, Benton Sporting Clays. It's coming up on September 5th, I believe. Uh, here's the story for you. All right. Some people are afraid of heights. Some people are afraid of lots of things. Some people are afraid of spiders. Now, your fear of spiders being bitten by a brown recluse is justified. Let me go ahead and throw that out there. That's fully justified. Uh, an unnamed woman from Georgia 
is said to have been attempting to back her Kia van down a boat launch at the time so she could put her kayak in the river. Freaked out by the sudden appearance of the spider, the woman decided to abandon the van right there and did so. Uh, Instead of putting the vehicle in park, she jumped out while it was still moving, reported the Atlanta (laughs) Journal-Constitution. As a result, she ended up watching the van roll into the Etowah River, uh, and Georgia State uh, Patrol sent an officer out to the scene. But by the time they'd arrived, the van had floated off and slipped completely out of sight. So she just went ahead and abandoned everything. If there's a spider, she bailed with the car still backing down the ramp. She she hit the eject button. Um, and my problem is I can see you doing that. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, justifiably, but it, it very possible, very possible. I could, uh, I could bail out of a, uh, a backing vehicle. I could see that. Yeah, I've seen you reach for a gun when we found one in a yeah. garage one time. You were re- you were backing up, reaching for a gun. I was like, okay, I got it. But <laughs> yeah, she, she totally bailed. <laughs> so my arachnophobia is is. <laughs> I'd say justified. Okay, well, maybe, but. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not founded in reality. I'll say that. <laughs> no, but you haven't lost a kayak and a uh, apparently a minivan to the water based upon a spider. How do you report that to your insurance company? Could you tell us how the event happened, ma'am? What happened? Did your parking brake? Nope, spider. I don't know. Um, I feel yeah. bad for her, but I mean, not not. It's still funny. I mean, yeah. Hit the eject on that one. Um, got a couple other ones. I don't know if you want to get into these. We got two of these. We got two of these. They're they're very similar. I think we should hold them to the next hour. Yeah, I don't think we got time to do them justice. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got happening. Fishing report. Uh, the fishing report. Let's see here. Uh, didn't they just have another big tournament? Yes, they. It's that's it's like it's easy. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, there is no report. Uh, I know the fishing report. There is no report for Chickamauga, so I don't have any information because okay. they're not doing that. Uh, Watts Bar, uh, the elevation is normal at Summer Pool. Striped bass are being caught. Uh, crappie are being caught uh, in deep water at creek banks. Bass are being caught shallow, deep, and both. So that's less than helpful, according to this report. Uh, the shellcracker bite is shallow. Catfish are being caught in the upper river using normal baits as opposed to sure. non-normal baits. <laughs> is, uh, is that really what it says? It, some drifters in the upper river are catching catfish while using all the normal baits. Okay. Uh, Versus the abnormal baits. Okay. Parksville, uh, water temperatures in the 80s. Bass are That's being, where the muskies are, right? Uh, yes. Now, the muskie is the, the fish of 10,000 casts? Yes. And then some. Where's Parksville? Uh, up towards, I think it's like near uh, Clinton, uh, south of Knoxville just a little bit, I okay. think. Don't hold me to that. I'm not from here. I don't know. Um, bass are being caught on the main channel points. Uh, bluegill and shellcracker bite is doing real good on crickets. Uh, some muskie are being caught uh, being shallow by anglers that are bass fishing. That's a surprise. Surprise you're bass fishing and you got a muskie on. Dale Hollow uh, says the fishing is good. Water temperature is fairly stable. A lot of smallmouth being caught at night on jigs and spinnerbaits. Uh, largemouth. A lot of them have been caught at night while fishing grass or uh, wood structures. Walleye are being caught at night while trolling jerk baits. 
and the bluegill are being caught on crickets and nightcrawlers during the day. And just for the record, Parksville is in my district. Okay. In Polk County. Polk County. Okay. I thought it was a little bit further north, but I guess I was wrong. Uh, it's in the part of the Okoy system. Oh, okay. Uh, Center Hill, fishing's good. Water temperature 78 degrees, fairly stable. Lots of bass are being caught on topwater baits. So if you want the topwater bite, go over to Center Hill in Middle Tennessee. Kyle caught a, a walleye uh, not that long ago. Yeah, I, I remember in, seeing in, that. In Chickamauga. Yep. Uh, over at Center Hill, walleye are being caught uh, while trolling flats in 17 to 20 feet uh, using night crawlers. Several panfish are being caught on crickets and night crawlers. Uh, and all these reports were taken by your creel clerks, who are yep. everyone I've met has been a super nice person. Awesome. And we don't have any fishing tournaments today that I know of. CBA is not going out. Nope. What about the Yakers? Uh, the Yakers, I think, are at Gunnersville today. Okay. All right. That's what's happening on the area waters. we got some really cool idiots outside and wild outdoors. So we can cover that in the next hour. Tony Sanders Outdoors, we'll be right back. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Hour number two, Tony Sanders Outdoors. The trout professor, Rob Pratula, and myself, here for your listening enjoyment, hopefully. If you don't enjoy it, why are you listening? Because we're probably the only live show during this time period. That is true. And we're we're actually pretty good at what we do. I I've, I, I got some new tagline for, for our show. Okay. Uh, Tony and Rob, up before the dew falls to Ooh. bring you your outdoor education, information, and entertainment. I like that. Is it true? As I walked my dog this morning and realized my the the dew had not fallen yet. No, and that always freaks me out, especially in the winter times. It's it's more pronounced, like in the fall, in the winter. We'll come in and it's cool, you know, it'll be forties. We walk outside, it's dropped into like you know, right before sunrise you get that temperature drop. It's more pronounced in the winter. But there's a significant temperature drop right before we get off the air and then we walk out right into it. Oh yeah. And and there's been times when I've gone out in the, it hasn't frosted yet. Yeah. But by the time <laughs> yeah. we, we get off the air, it's frost has fallen. Yeah. Yeah. That always freaks me out too. We're just up early. I don't know what to say. No, we get more done on Saturday All right. mornings. So we got a couple of things we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go to the, the first one there in the fishing. Okay. And, and I want opinions. So get off your butt, make a phone call, 267-1023, 267-1023. It is 
I don't know how to describe it, but there's a lot of young ladies out there that have social media influence in the fishing world. Uh, Darcizzle is one. Fishing with Louisa is another. And you said you looked up and there's the 10, who, what are the 10 ones? To, yeah, there were like 10, 10 women you should be, 10 fishermen you should be following on uh Now, I did not look up. Instagram. So is it safe to say that they're all attractive? Yes. Uh, Their clothing is minimal? Yes. Do they all wear flip-flops? Some go barefoot. Okay. From my research into them, I looked at their really big. (laughs) And I appreciate you. Yes. I appreciate you going out and and doing this research. Mm Mm-hmm. No the, problem. The consummate professional that you are. I looked at all the girls' large biographies and um, made a few assessments of situation. Basically, they are social media influencers. Okay. Now, I'm not sure. I'm going to take. I'm going to take this side. They are very pretty. Mm-hmm. They know social media. They they know they're attractive, too. They know they're very, very attractive. Yep. And they are making sure in every... They have a professional photo staff because a lot of these lenses are... Uh, the photographs are lit from other sides, so there's somebody holding a, sure. uh, a lighting thing to make sure the light is just right. Every logo that they're sponsoring is visible. Their hair may be pulled aside to make sure you see they're wearing whatever company they're hawking okay. this week. You never see them i've seen a few of the videos they do you see the girls yanking on the rod a lot of times uh, the majority of them you don't see them baiting hooks you don't see them uh bridling bait you don't see them doing a lot of the prep stuff i think a lot of these girls go out with captains local captains to get the social media up for whatever okay. captain these girls are not the majority, one said she was a captain, and I could not, I, I actually checked into this one, could not find a captain's license on record, but she lists herself as captain. She may be, you know, captain of the boat for the day, but. Well, and and, and, and I want to be careful here. I am not trying to put them down. I'm No. Because uh, when we started this conversation, you and I started this conversation, uh, Darcizzle is one that, that I get notified when she puts up a new video. Mm-hmm. And and I told you, I think she's got her chops. I mean, it looks like uh, a young lady. And, and I watched something a few years ago. And she said she started fishing with her dad. Mm-hmm. And she fishes down in Florida, uh, mainly. Um, inshore stuff. Insh- inshore, yeah. Um, you know, right now, this month, they're in uh, the Keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and. And she's fighting fish, and she's landing fish. She, uh, one of the others that you mentioned, um, I saw something the other day, and and she had, they had stuck a fish. I don't remember what it was. It was a saltwater fish. And she was covered in in blood. Oh, it was a a wahoo. Yeah, I saw the photo. Yeah, she was covered in blood, yeah. So it's not like they're not out there fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And and so my question is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is it are they are they trying to track viewers by the fact that they're they're attractive and their bikinis are, are small? Are they trying to attract them because of the fishing? Is this just a bunch of hooey about nothing? I don't know. It's just I found it I, I found it kind of interesting. Um because being in the business, I watch some of these things, and I'm kind of critical. Having been around the TV side of it before, uh, I know a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes and stuff. And, and some of them, they do really great work. But I thought it was interesting um, on uh, the uh, the one I was watching yesterday with Dar Sizzle. You know, she made a comment about the 1999 fishing boat. So it's not they're selling new, they're not trying to sell new boats mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, she's just she's trying to make her. And and is this any different than the 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 young ladies, the Eva Shockies and the um what's the 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 cheerleader from Texas A and M? Oh yeah, Kendall. No. Kendall. Yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. And and here's the thing I found out about her. Um, she actually runs a ranch in Texas. It was her family's ranch, and she's now taking over running it. Uh, and it's a big, it's it's a big hunting area somewhere in the the middle of El Paso area, of Texas, in the the desert of Texas. And and she is in charge of this ranch. I mean, this hunting ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not discounting the fact that they're attractive. That's okay. Uh, that has nothing to do with that. But I just I just wonder how this all kind of plays and is changing the 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 industry. I looked at one of the girls' bios, and she listed um, like fifteen or twenty magazine covers: Saltwater Sportsman cover, May nineteen ninety, and they were shots from that stuff. She also listed that she was the female tournament winner in a, I think it was for uh, tuna or might have been for kings in Abaco or whatever, and she was the female winner of that tournament. Well, the that's kind of a, knowing those type of tournaments, and I've, I've been around saltwater tournaments, knowing those kinds of tournaments, it's kind of like you, you enter a category that you know you're going to win. Sure. So if you have a female on board and she actually catches something, she's going to win that tournament because she's probably the only female in the whole tournament. Um so, so you're discounting her right off the bat. The one I am. That one. S- that one. Several others. The cover of the magazine is... is. Yeah, I don't see how that's a fishing accomplishment. I mean, but, you know, she made the cover. I've never made the cover of Saltwater magazine. So, I mean, you know, devil or do. You probably don't look as good as she does either. You ever seen me in a bikini? I look good. I look good. I'm telling you. I cannot get that out of my head now. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, please help me. Oh jeez. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Please no. But so I just I'm just curious what people think. Uh, maybe it's just me wasting too much time on this. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know. I think it's. I mean, it's promoting fishing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So, but sure. you, you know, the funny thing is, in watching some of these, the the one thing that got in my head was, why are you? You know, the one I was watching. I'm like, why are you fighting a tarpon in flip flops from a from a uh, a fighting stand. Yeah. Why are you doing? That's silly. 
or they're barefoot and God only knows what's on the deck, broken yeah. hooks or, you know, from a set. And I mean, I'm not trying to be rude either, but when I'm out there, I wear long sleeves to keep the sun off me. Uh, oh, well, we'll get into that. Hmm. Hey, John. Hey, Connie. Hey, Rob. How are you guys? Doing Good. well. Good. Tony, um, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just glad I survived another one. Another trip around the sun is always a good one. Yes, sir. Um, I was listening to this conversation, and I don't honestly know much about these ladies. But one thing I guess I do disagree with Rob on is the lady who you said, you know, won that tournament, and she might have been the only one in that tournament, Rob. Yeah. That's not – that shouldn't be used to knock her because – she can't help if anybody else chose not to enter it, and she did. She still had to actually go out there and catch something. Yeah. So if, you know, if she entered it, caught whatever she needed you to win, and no other ladies entered that, you know, you know that's, that's not on her. She showed up, she competed, and she did what she had to do to win. She couldn't control anybody else not showing up. That's a good point. So. So I think that shouldn't be – I don't think that should be used as a criteria to judge anyone, female, male, about how they win something because, you know, if there's a tournament, whether it's fishing tournament, running race, whatever, you can't control who does and doesn't show up. All you can control is what you do on that day. That's a very so, valid point. Yeah, it's valid. Yeah, and – Tony, thanks for putting that image of Rob in a bikini in everybody's mind at this time of morning. That was not needed. I didn't do that. He put that image out there himself. But, yeah, that, <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I heard that right as I was calling in. I was like, oh. there's a there's an image for, Saturday, for the 1st of June. Oh, gosh, isn't that horrible? <laughs> but, yeah, I just, you know, I've never put much stock into people saying, well, they want it only because, you know, Somebody else didn't show up. Like, no, they won it because they showed up and followed the rules and did what they were supposed to, and that's all they can do. There you go. That's all true. Right. John, thank you. Thanks, guys. See you, man. Bye. You know, that is a valid point. It is a very valid point. It is. Um, and, and, and I want everybody to understand, especially the, the ladies listening, I don't have a problem with the fact that they're attractive and 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 doing well on social media. It's, no, no. Um, you know, we're not talking the Kardashians here that have absolutely no visible talent other than making money. Yeah, I mean these these people are actually fishing, they're actually hunting, they're actually shooting, uh, and and so you know, because what's what's the the lady that was is the champion shooter. Um, uh, was married to Matt Duff. Now they're not married. Uh, Jesse, uh, I can't remember her last name. Oh, I know who you're talking about. But anyway, you know she's a very attractive lady. Mm-hmm. I, I've met her several times. Very nice. Uh, so it's not her fault she's attractive, but she's a, a heck of an accomplished shooter. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with that. I just I've, suddenly seeing these these emails and these promotions that I get for these different people fishing and stuff, and I've gone out and checked the videos out. Some of them I'm like. Yeah, and there's some of them I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you're about as much of a fisher person as as uh, nobody. Yeah, 
Now, I did some more research on this, actually, and looked up some other female anglers. And one that I do actually follow is April Volke. Mm-hmm. She, is a, she went through guide school. She guides in the Pacific Northwest for uh, steelhead salmon. She has a blog. She's written articles. She is very, very attractive. But every shot you see of her is, is well-placed. I mean, she's got a, a good photographer or whoever's with her. But she's also, every shot you see of her, she's probably in waders. Uh, she's not using her, she's not wearing a bikini because it's the Pacific Northwest and right. she's on a trout stream. Uh, there's lots of shots of her in a puff jacket because she's, she's out there in the snow. I've seen pictures of her in the snow. I, her I have no problem with. Some of these others, I think you're right. They may be just out there because right. of their looks. All right. So, What say you? Or you say nothing, and we'll talk about something else when we come back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. To be part of the show, you should pick up the phone and call 267-1023. I'm on a first-name basis at the tackle shop. I got a charge account running up nonstop. They ought to give me my old parking spot. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you this Saturday morning. So what are we going to talk about? Some anti-hunters? Yeah, let's talk about some anti-hunters. If you live in New Jersey, you may have noticed an anti-hunting billboard on the New Jersey Route 3 east of Route 120 calling for a suburban bow hunting ban. According to the GoFundMe... Suburban bow hunting ban. Suburban bow hunting ban. This is in New Jersey. New Jersey. More reasons why I don't live up there. According to the GoFundMe page, the Animal Protection League of New Jersey is responsible for the advertising and seeks humane, 
non-lethal methods to handle deer conflicts. The Saddle River region of tell me they want to tell me they want to sterilize. They want to do little deer vasectomies again. Uh yes. All right. The, I, I love I love those idiots up there. Uh, the problem is though the non-lethal mep- methods this group is calling for include sterilization, which is typically ineffective and quite costly. On top of that, there are numerous hunters who would pay to take part in local whitetail population control. It doesn't really look like the campaign has taken off, but they have put up several billboards. Uh, let's see here. Uh, bow hunting is currently allowed in Saddle River, New Jersey, as long as the hunters follow proper rules and regulations. But the activists are doing anything they can to shut it down, even going as far to make false claims about bow hunters endangering lives and families. Here's their logic. Should a child pick up or step on an arrow, they could become injured. To give you an idea of how sharp the arrows are, hunters use a special wrench, and this is their language, to attach the arrow to the shaft to avoid cutting themselves. So it's about the children. We can't have them. Plus, the group claims, it's lowering house prices. Interesting. You got deer problems? Got a hunter? No problem. I swear these people up there are these dirty hippie tree huggers. Hey, Beaverman. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Rob. Good morning. How are y'all? Doing well. I um, was interested about your, your latest discussion, your topic of, of young ladies. Yeah. And their um, eye candy slash real fisher people thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on that, but because um, my wife's standing here with me on the back porch. Gotcha. But um, I'll be her eye candy next week when we go to um, Florida and go deep sea fishing for her birthday. That is, you know, that, that picture is about as bad as robbing a bikini. <laughs> I, I will not wear a bikini, I promise you. Okay. But, uh, no, for her birthday, we, we're taking a little trip to florida and she said i want to go deep sea fishing that's so cool. cool we're going deep sea fishing that's awesome and uh talked with a guy and he because I, I i have a propensity for uh seasickness just something i have you know learned about myself over the years okay and i was like well let's just go inshore and i talked to the guy and he's like well man the inshore is hit or miss redfish aren't really here anymore he goes, but, you know, we'll go deep sea fishing and can almost guarantee you something. Well, there's Mac, king mackerel running, there's snapper, there's da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, all right, that's fine. Y'all got a mop, I'll, I'll go with you. <laughs> just hold the chum till you get there. That's Just wait till you get there and then chum. <laughs> yeah, well, I probably won't get up and have, like, a giant ranchero uh, burrito breakfast. Uh, probably not a, not a bad idea. Uh, so, that's... Uh, so is this? Have you always gotten seasick? We need to do a show about that sometime. Yeah, yeah, I kind of have. I mean, I mean, I've gotten. I, we went out to the Snake River. Went out to Idaho a few years ago, and rode. <laughs> we had to ride. We're going to go. Big, up a big, big, there's I mean, there's, there's big no sea in Idaho. Sorry. <laughs> well, there's the Snake River, <laughs> which is pretty big, and we rode in this jet boat. Oh which yeah, was huge. I mean, it carried probably forty people. Yeah had three turbo diesel John Deere engines in it. 
and we're going up, you know, class five rapids and yeah, we go up the river and they, they you stop and they have a little lunch and we get out and I'm just like, ugh, ugh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the scenery is beautiful and we saw mountain goats and sweet eagles and I mean, all kind of stuff. But, um, my, my wife's aunt said she's from England. She goes, sweetie, you look a bit pale. I'm like, yeah, thanks. She gave me this little tiny yellow pill. I don't know what it was. She goes, this will help. And took that and drank some water. Man, I was fine. I'm like, whatever, man. Just, just go, 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 go. I don't care. Was it drama me? I don't know what it was. It, it, it could have been acid for all I know. I just I know I felt a lot better. After you know you that. didn't care after that. It was crack. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know how these eighty-year-old women from England are. Yeah, but uh, no, it was. Uh, I, I just I've, I, I guess I've always had that propensity. I'm just too much of a terra firmer kind of guy. Mm. And uh, anyway, but we yeah, we're we're kind of pumped. Go go do some fishing, maybe. Next week, I can call in from the state of Florida, which is halfway between Earth and the sun, All right, and um, give you a report. Well, please do. And, and now, remember, if you drift a few, if you drift a couple miles south, if they start speaking Spanish, head back north. Yeah, you've gone too far. Yeah, you've gone too far. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I don't want to. Um, of course, you know, I think that now that um, – Cuba is being opened up. I was talking to a customer of mine who's a big fisherman, and he said the sport fishing in Cuba is just got to be phenomenal. Oh, I, I would imagine. Yeah. And good cigars, too. I, I, I really wanted to go to Cuba and um, at some point, and uh, I think I think it'd be cool. Do, right. some, do cool. some real fishing. But one of these days, if this work thing wasn't always just in the way of proper outdoor fun well beaver man have great. fun and i look forward to hearing from you calling in from florida yes sir i will and i uh enjoy listening to you guys thanks as man. always thank you thank you see you hey wilson hey yeah uh, tell beaver man to get his doctor call him a prescription for that patch that goes in behind your ear i get seasick Okay. I was aboard ship nine months, and I was sick for nine months. But that patch, I went out on a day fishing trip down there with the patch on. Uh-huh. I was eating fried chicken, drinking beer. Never <laughs> felt better, and that's the only time I've ever been on the ocean I didn't get sick. So if they'll work on me, they'll work on anybody. But All you right. get your doctor, call them in, and uh, they're about $5 a piece. But it's worth get a it. pack of about four, but they're good for the whole day. There you go. Hey, Wilson, is that drama me? Well, it ain't. It's a, I don't know what it is. I've taken everything else you could get, and I've been sick on it. But the, I don't know what this patch has got in it. But it goes right behind the ear. Yeah. And I can. It's good for. All. What happens when you get seasick is your inner ear gets real active, and it puts off more fluid than it should. That's what makes you sick. And this process slows that down, where it don't let that fluid out like it should. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what makes you sick, I think. It's that uh, inner ear gets real active when you have to start rocking around, and it lets out more fluid, and that makes you sick. Okay, awesome. Well, but, I know Beaver Man's... Patch, 
Yeah, he's still listening. Yeah. All right. We'll make sure he knows. See you later, my man. All right. Have Thanks. a good day. Thanks, Wilson. All right. There you go. Get the patch. You ever get seasick? You know, I no. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't yet. Okay. So I never have. I've run out. I've run to. Jeffrey's Ledge out off way off of the New England coast. I've run out almost to the Grand Banks out there. I've never had any problems. The closest I ever came was Alpha Destin. We went out on a party boat one time, and um, they were good swells, mm-hmm. you know, six foot swells, four, mm-hmm. four to six foot. And 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 I was okay. Um, and then clouds moved in, and there were like three water spouts around us. And it just it got a little interesting, and when I kind of a lost, little nautical, yeah, I got a little nautical, <laughs> and so uh, at that point I got just a little. Uh, it, it when it when it when it clouded up, I lost sight of the land and everything. Was the only time I'd ever really been uneasy. Okay, you just felt uh, not well, but weren't right seasick per se. Right. All right. So, uh, but so far I haven't. Now both my kids have gotten sick and on trips out but i haven't so hmm. all right we'll be right back tony center's outdoors Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend, Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. All right, welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, appreciate you being part of the audience out there. Had a lovely lady call in, didn't want to go on the air with you bunch of, you know, guys. And that's kind of a shame. She yeah. could have brought some class to the show. But she did say that our buddy Beaver Man needs to get a, I'm going to butcher this, scopolamine, scopolamine. 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 That's what I said, wasn't it? Yeah, that's scopolamine. I heard it. We'll just edit that out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> scopolamine transdermal patch, and that will solve your motion sickness problems. Applied directly behind the ear. Yep, it's a, it looks like a little Band-Aid behind the ear. Scopolamine. Should you be preventative if you don't? If you don't? If you're one of these people that don't get seasick, should you do it anyway just to to keep from getting seasick? It might help. I don't know. It might help. I've I've never been seasick, but I went out offshore with a guy who 
we ran 25 miles offshore, and he basically puked after about five miles after we lost sight of the shore. He was he was chumming already on the way to the fishing grounds, and he was miserable, absolutely miserable. Um, he tried to take some, and I think if he if he'd done this patch, of course this is 20 years ago. I don't know if it was it's probably around, but had he taken something prior. He started trying to take some Dramamine pills, but they wouldn't stay down. And so it, it just compounded and was worse. So I think if he could have prepped himself, then, yeah, I think it probably would have been a good idea. So there you go. Scopolamine. So I said that. Mm-hmm. You like how that rolls right off? Scopolamine. Scopolamine. You know, I've, again, I've never, I've never tried it, but, uh, or I've never gotten sick sick, but I don't want to either. No, not at all. A couple of the idiots outside. Uh, this one I posted on uh, Facebook last night. Uh, a Tennessee otter named Otto has died after park visitors gave him food that his body could not tolerate. This is in Kingsport, Tennessee. A, an otter named Otto has died after park visitors gave him food. News outlets report Bay Mountain Park and Planetarium announced Otto's death Thursday, saying an autopsy will be conducted to determine his official cause of death. The park says auto sickness and death is exactly why it prohibits people from feeding park animals. It says Otto had joined the park in 2017 at nine months old. He was previously cared for at North Carolina Rehab Center that took in him, Otto and his sister after the two lost their parents in a flood. Officials initially planned to release the siblings to the wild, but Otto had become too accustomed to humans. It's unclear what happened to his sister. So there you go. Everybody, you know, there's wild animals. Leave them alone, right? A fed animal is a dead animal. Yeah, this proves it. So all you well-intentioned people, you killed Otto. I just want you to know that. Way to go. Way to go. Wouldn't it be a necropsy instead of an autopsy? It would be. But okay. This is this is um, young reporters. Okay. Uh, yeah, after 50 years, I know wor- a lot of words that are accurate that people don't know. So Like uh, necropsy? Yeah, like, yeah, the correct term. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> You want to you want to go ahead and uh, get into them? We can. Right. I, I just I find this just insane. Yeah, uh, insane, folks. Two, two, not one, but two, two. Bigfoot, one in northeast Georgia. I can tell and, you, and I, these are given legitimate news stories. These are not, you know, National Enquirer stuff here. Yeah. Uh, Expedition Bigfoot wrote th- that a driver. Uh, backed away when he saw what he <coughs> described as a very tall, seven to eight foot hairy two-legged creature with a pointed head walking along the shoulder of a road in Ellijay and Blue Ridge. That's not Bigfoot. That's our good friend Joe DiPietro. He's got that beard. He's not seven foot tall, though. No, but he does look like Bigfoot. Okay. He does. He's he's awful hairy. So you thinking that they, I'm thinking they saw Joe. I'm thinking they saw Joe. So. Uh, anyway, so that was uh, May 20th. Uh, there's one been reported hey. between L.A.J. and Blue Ridge. So if you're in that area this weekend, be aware of Sasquatch. Um, and 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 I started not to even talk about these, but there were two. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it was a slow news week in the outdoor world. It must have been. Because the second one is even more bizarre. A Colorado hunter claims he was sexually assaulted by a Sasquatch. Daryl Whitaker from Glenwood Springs in Colorado claims a Sasquatch attacked him and attempted to rape him while he was walking in the woods. The 57-year-old man was walking to his hunting cabin on Sunday to see if uh, it had suffered any damage during the winter. 
All of a sudden, a large gorilla-like creature dropped out of a tree in front of him and punched him in the face. It was at least eight foot tall, and punch, and the punch hurt very much. I was knocked right out on the first blow. Uh, while Mr. Whitaker was trying to recover from the attack, a large humanoid creature began tearing his clothes while letting out some terrifying howls. When I regained consciousness, he had already torn my pants and was tearing through my underwear. I stabbed him in the shoulder with my hunting knife, and that made him run away. We got DNA. Yes. Uh, Mr. Whitaker immediately reported the attack to both the Glenwood Springs Police Department and the Colorado Department of Parks and Wildlife, and a joint investigation has been launched. I wonder if Mr. Whitaker got a, a, an overnight stay somewhere. I don't know. Investigators found some extremely large footprints on the site, which they believe are those of the aggressor. Uh, Daryl Whitaker is convinced that the creature who attacked him was a Sasquatch, but the park officials say that the attacker was probably just a large, hairy man. Now, okay. So Joe was out there, too. Apparently. Um, well, on the one in Georgia, it says this one was, uh, the one in Georgia, it says, uh, Let's see here. He was down near a trout stream. Okay. The one in Georgia. So that may be Joe. Uh I I just I'm I'm I I'm at a loss. I really am. That and again, this was given actually legitimate Yes, this was a legitimate news gathering site. And well you remember what, two years ago? There was a college professor somewhere in Oregon got like a got like a five hundred thousand dollar grant to study Bigfoot. True. And I can't even get a grant to do any research. I mean, it, it how do you get a half a million dollar grant to study Bigfoot? It's like alien abduction. No offense, but these people are out of their minds. So if, there you go. If there was a Bigfoot, we would somebody would have shot one and found one by now. I'm sorry, with all, you know our cameras or. It's it's amazing. They're always poorly lit. Now, every camera out there, I mean, my, my stupid phone has a 12-meg camera. But everything I can take, every picture of Bigfoot's a, a very grainy. Uh, it's Blurry because yeah. it's moving. Yeah. 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 Or the, the trip. No, forget, forget, forget Apple cameras live thing so you, you don't get blurry. Right. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's all the stupidity we're going to talk about today. So if you're in Colorado, watch out for raping Bigfoots. We'll be right back on Tony Sanders Outdoors. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. 
Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. While you're studying the map, I'll bring us back in. What the heck? That's why I get paid the big dollars. Big radio dollars. Big radio dollars. Uh, got one story here I uh, wanted to cover before we get out of here. A uh, fishing record was broken, but it has been denied after an investigation concluded that the fish was foul-hooked. A North Dakota angler's record-breaking walleye catch will not be counted after an investigation conducted by the Game and Fish Department found evidence of foul hooking. Tom Volk was fishing the Hart River on April 21st when he made the massive catch of a 16-pound, 9-ounce walleye, breaking the state record that was set last year. Uh, Initially, the Fish and Game Department posted the monster on their Facebook page. Um, However, after making the post, Witnesses came forward about how the catch was made and prompted the department to conduct an investigation. Uh, according to the Facebook post, the department found sufficient evidence to disqualify Mr. Volk's catch. Because hmm. it was foul-hooked. It was not hooked in the mouth. And there's no way of knowing if he was out there snagging or not. Right. So. There you go. Cheaters never prosper, so there you go. Well, now, hold on now. Would you have known that if you caught a fish that it wouldn't qualify if you were just legitimately fishing mm-hmm. out there casting and reeling mm-hmm. and it came in and you had a treble hook, right? Or, or a, a, a bait that's got two hooks on it. Okay. And it comes in hooked in the mouth area and you get it up on the wa- uh, up on your boat Hook falls out. Would you have known at that point? Probably, and, maybe, maybe not. I don't know exactly. And that, that's the because it said it was hooked in the side of his mouth. Uh, I've caught fish with uh, some of the the bigger baits with the double trebles, and it would be hooked in the mouth, hooked in the side, I mean, hooked in my finger. I mean, <laughs> a lot of hooks, right? It just. Hooking everywhere, right? So, I, you know, I'm not going to call the guy a cheater. I'm just going to say uh, it turned out not to be a legitimate catch for record purposes. Because, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Okay, let us let me throw a What if he was using a single hook then? I think there's still a possibility mm-hmm. um, that you're... Hook, you could bring the fish to the boat, net it, and not know for sure exactly that it was hooked. Because okay. we've all had hooks fall out of the fish's mouth when we net them. Mm-hmm. 
or when we get them on the boat. Sure. So, again, I'm not. Now, I find it interesting that there are a lot of people that, hey, hey, this isn't as legit as you think. That makes me think that maybe he knew. Yeah. But I'm just just saying I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I'm giving the person benefit of the doubt. That's all. So, for what it's worth. All right. Couple events tonight, tonight, tonight. Doors open five o'clock. They do have space available. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation banquet at the Alhambra Shrine in East Brainerd, uh, right off of East Brainerd Road. And I forgot the name of the road. It's kind of over there where the Social Security Administration is. Uh, but you can go over there and uh, follow the signs to the shrine. And great banquet tonight. Doors open at five o'clock. Friends of NRA coming up on the 20th of July at the Westin. Uh, tickets are available at friendsofnra.org, friendsofnra.org. Go to uh, the Tennessee site, and we're one of the few banquets coming up here in the very near future. And then on uh, the 5th of September, a Thursday, Medal of Honor Heritage Sporting Clays event, Benton Shooting Clays. Uh, we need to uh, get out and help. This is going to be a, a great fundraiser for this this wonderful organization so that's it i'm done mm-hmm. you're done i'm done wear your life jackets out if you're going on the water this weekend all right i'll do that tony Sanders outdoors i want to thank all of our fine sponsors for allowing us to come to you every week here on these radio waves doesn't cost you a dime we'll see you next week on tony Sanders outdoors that's the prayer that a country boy brings. Thank God. You have been listening to the podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.